Acts 9, verse 1. Meanwhile, are you all there? New International Version, 1984. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples, he went to the high priests and asked them for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that he found any there who belonged to the way. That's what they called the church. You'll see it's capital W, those of the way, the way, the truth, and the life. Whether a man or woman, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground. Heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. And he replied, now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. Men traveling with Saul stood there speechless, I bet. They heard the sound, but not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he couldn't see anything. So that he was led by the hand into Damascus for three days. He was blind, and he did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying in a vision He's seen a man named Ananias come to the place and lay hands on him and restore his sight. Lord Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, verse 14. And he has come here with the authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. <laughs> I kind of like that. He tried to talk the Lord out of it. Come on, someone say, God knows what he's doing. Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it and placed his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. And he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you're going to do tonight. In the moments that remain in this service on this Wednesday night, all those that are listening online, those that will listen at a later date, I pray that they would hear your word. Give us all hearts to hear. Hearts to respond, ears to hear, hearts to respond. Speak to us. Come on, ask God to speak to you tonight. Speak to us tonight. We've come expressly, God, to worship you, to have fellowship one with another, to hear your word and be transformed by it. Your word goes forth and doesn't return void. Have your way tonight in our lives, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Generally, I have notes, uh, not tonight. There are moments uh, in life, in your life, if you think back about these moments that changed you, 
What are the moments that marked your life and really made you who you are? Of course, your birth was quite a moment. Amen. Maybe a special, a special birthday. You know what was interesting in my life, in the early years of my salvation, I would think mostly about the moments that scarred me. But there was a moment when, a time in my life when things shifted. I, th those no longer have sting anymore. So when I think about the moments, these moments in my life, I don't have like these giant memorials of pain that I used to have when I was a young man early in my walk with the Lord because he's taken all the pain away. Now I have all these memorials of all the wonderful things, all the glorious things, all the incredible encounters and impartations and just so grateful. Is there anybody else that's grateful tonight for what God's done for you? Do you remember where you used to be? Do you remember what, you remember what your life was like when you couldn't sleep maybe at night or you didn't know how to make it? You didn't know if you are going to make it or not. Does anybody remember that? You don't ever want to forget Come on, spiritual amnesia. You don't want to have amnesia about where God brought you from, what God's done for you. Don't ever do that. Remember where you came from. Remember your testimony. It has power to overcome darkness. Revelation 12, 11. We overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Don't ever stop or weary of talking about how God set you free, how God filled you, how God met you on your road to Damascus, and how he spoke to you and intervened, and how he healed you of cancer, how he set your heart on fire, how he took away the pain. Don't ever forget it. Don't ever forget how God brought you through. And if you're here tonight and you don't feel like you've made it through, you're facing something that seems insurmountable, know this. Nothing is insurmountable for our God. He's more than able to do it. He can cause cancer to bow the knee right now. Sickness, infirmity, disease, nothing with God is impossible. God can do it. God can provide. God can heal. God can restore. He can raise the dead, heal the sick, set the captives free. He's God. He knows how to do it. He's on the throne. He's defeated hell, death, and the grave. He called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He can do it for you. He's done it before. He can do it again. He's on the throne. Somebody shout to God tonight with a voice of triumph. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. This moment for the Apostle Paul, of course, he wasn't the Apostle Paul. He saw, but he got hit so hard by the Holy Ghost, knocked the S off and put a P on. In actual fact, Paul is his Greek name. Saul is his Hebrew name. And he is here in, in Acts 9 is talking of the conversion of Saul. Conversion's a real experience. Brother Tiff Shuttlesworth's going to be with us on Sunday night. You don't want to miss that. I'll be preaching Sunday morning. But Brother Tiff, I said, you got to come back. You're in town. He said, I'm going to be with you Sunday morning too. He, so he's just going to come and enjoy and worship, I think, right here on Sunday morning. And Sunday night, we're going to turn him loose to preach. You don't want to miss it. I heard him, I heard him preaching about the tribulation uh, when he was down south live over the web stream. And I'm just telling you, it is going to be amazing. Get every single person you know, unsaved, saved, halt, lame, withered, wheelchair, broken, addicted. Get them all up in here. Let's have church Sunday night. It's going to be amazing. In fact, you can do that for any service because God can set, set them free in every single service we have. If you're here and you're bound, you're addicted, you're afflicted tonight, you come to the right place. If you're online, praise God. If you can get here, get in your car, drive down here. It's not too late. So Saul, he had this encounter. His life before 
uh, being saved was a godly life. He believed in the same God that we believe in. He believed in the same Bible that we believe. They didn't have the New Testament. And the New Testament, you know, they used the Old Testament. Then the New Testament was letters and such written. And, of course, the four Gospels written. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All the letters written. But they didn't have all those. You understand that. They had the Old Testament. So Paul's Bible was the Old Testament. Peter, you know Peter, when he preached on Acts chapter 2, you know what his Bible was? It was the Old Testament. That's what, that's what they read. That's what they, that's what they drew from, all of those scriptures and such. And so his life before, he was, he was considered a godly man. He was considered a great man of God, the up-and-coming great man of God. It's Saul of Tarsus. Let me read this to you. Philippians 3, 4, circumcised on the eighth day. He's writing to the church of Philippi, talking about his own life. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. The man actually called himself blameless. Now, if you study the law, and we can simplify it for tonight and just say that's the Ten Commandments, so he followed all the Ten Commandments, and he's saying there blamelessly. That's kind of amazing. A Pharisee of Pharisee is like, I mean, you got to know that he was at the top of the top of, of Judaism. This is, this is Saul. And yet he was totally off on certain aspects of his belief. And the Lord loved him so much he came and corrected him with a mighty visitation. What happened on the road to Damascus is the Lord met him. Now I'm just going to tell you that I know in my life the difference between believing that the Lord lives and exists and, and the difference between being born again, being saved, and the difference yet again of being filled with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It is a very different thing to be a Christian and then to be a spirit-filled Christian. It is very, very different. Carnal Christianity is really a brutal, brutal existence. Half-stepping for God, not filled with power, not walking in authority. I, I'm going to just tell you, it's painful. It's a painful thing. And being lukewarm is a painful thing. What happened to Saul as he's on, on his way to go do his, his cleaning up of, for the Lord? He's going to deal with the heresy. Little did he know. The heresy was the revelation of the Messiah. So he didn't know that. But he's going with all his heart to go and straighten things out for the Lord. And God meets him. That's what we read, this Acts 9. God meets him. There's no way to explain the life of Saul or the life of Peter or John or those in the upper room. There's no way to explain their, their existence. And the way that they lived their lives thereafter, except to say they met the risen Savior, they met the Lord. Something changed them. When you give your heart to Jesus, you will be changed. When you get baptized in the Spirit, your life will change. The result of this impact that the Lord gave him, this change, this revelation... You can look at, at Acts 25, talks about the fact that he was chosen, a revelation that he was chosen. John 15 says, I've chosen you. I've appointed you. I remember going down to a park. We lived in Long Island, and I was a wee lad. 
I think we moved from there when I was 11 or 12. I had two older brothers. We'd go down to play, play kickball or stickball or baseball or football or lacrosse, whatever sport we went to go play. I was always the youngest because I was the youngest. And, you know, it was never quite fun to not be picked on the team. You know, the two captains would be the two studs that were there, whatever, the two oldest, best athletes. I'm a captain, you're a captain, okay. I'll take Bubba, and then Bubba comes on. You know, the first guy you pick, of course you want to pick the best guy. And then it goes after that lesser and lesser strength and ability. And then by the time you get, you know, it's like, there, you know, Danny's last, that was me. Uh, like, I'll t- come on, I'll take you, you know. I never liked quite being last. Isn't it wonderful to be chosen? Isn't it wonderful to be accepted? I want you to know this, that God has chosen you. God selected you. He knew you when you were yet in your mother's womb. They might have told you you were a mistake, but there's no such thing. God has a revelation of destiny for you, and he wants to use you just like he used the apostle Paul. He wants to use you in a unique and a special way. You need to shake off that spirit of rejection and understand that you've been accepted in the beloved because of the blood of Jesus. You need to walk in your new identity and, and, and fulfill the call of God in your life. Every single person here has a destiny. Every single person has, has a destiny from the Lord, a purpose, a special plan that God has for you. He said, well, how do I get that? That's a great question. I was talking to a young person just yesterday about that. If you'll set your heart and set your gaze on the Lord Jesus and see how big a heart you can get for God, don't worry about being promoted. Don't worry about all the different things that you have to try to figure out. Love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, and God will add all things. It's right there in Matthew. See how, see how much you can walk like Him, talk like Him. See, see, see how you can live like Jesus. Increase your prayer life. Ask the Holy Spirit to increase His activity. In your heart, memorize scripture, go after God. You'll never be disappointed and it'll release the destiny and plan for your life. Then you try to go for fame or go for fortune. By the way, we're never exhorted in scripture to become famous. We're never exhorted in scripture to become wealthy. We're never exhorted, like you know what I'm talking about? Wealth and fame and fortune, the love of the world goes up like that. The, lo- the Lord loves you just the way that you are and so much he refuses to leave you that way. And if you'll just set your gaze and your heart on him, he will fulfill the purpose and destiny that you're in the earth. You're here for a reason. I've chosen you, appointed you, and selected you to bear forth fruit and fruit that remains, John 15 says. So for the apostle, the apostle Paul, as this light shines around him, it had to be quite a day. Quite an experience. He realized I've been chosen and I've been completely serving the wrong. The devil was using me. What a day that was. My God. He was helped by others. You'll see Ananias. We never hear about him after or before. Ananias was a disciple of the Lord Jesus who paid the price enough to know his God's voice. To move against what everybody else would say that the terrorist has come to kill all the Christians and respond because God spoke to him and walk into that place in boldness and lay hands on on Saul and see his sight recover. Wow, Saul was helped by others. You need to be helped by others. I need to be helped by others. There is no vision. There is no dream. There is no fulfillment that God will bring about in your life by yourself. No man's an island. Come on, all the women said amen. You can't do it by yourself. 
If you could do it by yourself, that wouldn't be a God-sized vision. Vision from the Lord is always bringing a team together. So Ananias helped him. Other people helped him. He was used mightily by God. You can see in verse 20, which we didn't read. But Paul had this moment, this defining moment. Now let me ask you this. When was yours? I was reading an application not long ago to a school of ministry. And it asked, actually, one of the questions it asked, it says, when was your defining transformational moment with the Holy Spirit? No, no, think about that. So you're applying to a school of ministry, and they ask, when was your defining moment when the Holy Spirit touched you and transformed you completely from being a regular Christian? Listen, don't look at me like that. Because you're like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. I'm, I'm not making fun of you, but I'm telling you, if you haven't had one of those, the Lord wants to give you one. I'm reminded as I come over here, Dee Dee, at a youth camp, and I can even tell you what I preached from. I preached from the woman at the well, and you were all the way, all the way over on the left-hand side. Now, I don't know what that was like for you, but I remember the power of the Holy Spirit touched you, and all your hair went up, and you went down. You were weeping. You got touched by the Lord. I, I've seen, I've known you since you were a little girl. God's power's touched you. Amen? It, you know, God's power will change your life. When was your moment that God impacted you that's just like, okay, no, 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 no there's something else. There's more. Come on, someone say there's more. And I'm not trying to get you into a place of shame. I'm trying to make you hungry. Because God, the delay that you might be experiencing in the baptism of fire is not a denial. I'm trying to just encourage you to say there's more. There's power. There's favor. There's zeal. There's passion. There's places in God that you and I have yet to go. And you've got a hunger for that. You've got a thirst for it. I mean, th Paul, you know, Saul, Paul, Saul, Paul, Paul, Saul. You know, that was just a sovereign touch. God just decided to come and mess him up, but other people were so hungry, so thirsty, so desperate, they pressed through the crowd, the woman with the issue of blood. Blind Bartimaeus. I don't know why we call him that. He ain't blind anymore. But he was blind, and he cried out all the more, and they told him, shut up. And yet he cried out all the more, and he cried out all the more. And in the midst of a crowd, in the midst of multitudes, Jesus heard the cry of one frail blind guy. Because Jesus hears the heart, heart's cry of a hungry, desperate, thirsty person. And he comes and he satisfies you. Come on, a, a, a broken and contrite heart he will not spurn. And I don't know if you've ever locked yourself away until your miracle comes. But if you ever get to a place of desperation and you do that, guess what's coming? Your miracle. And some of you are waiting for God to break in with power, break in with truth. But you keep doing the same stupid thing you did last year. You don't memorize any more words. You're not fasting. You're not praying. You're not giving. You know, giving's a marvelous way to go higher. It's like a balloon. You throw off ballast. Just start giving things away. Come on. And give away good stuff. Come on, those clothes you've been waiting to shrink down to get in. Give them away. You got a car sitting in your driveway and a single mom here in the church needs a car. How about give it? That is a word of knowledge for somebody. How about sow the car? 
Come on, you, you let go of some of the stuff. It all belongs to God. Throw off the ballast and believe to be transformed. If you do the same thing and expect a different result, that is one of the definitions of insanity. You know what's encouraging to me? If God can change this boy right here, Saul, he could change you. He could change anybody. He can. When was your moment that God impacted you, touched you? When was that? Do you remember that? You said last week, wonderful. You'll notice in Scripture that there is never just a, there's, there were constantly filled. Over and over there's fillings and refillings. When you don't just put fuel in your truck one time and drive it for the rest of its life. How many of you got fuel over the past two weeks? You ain't got gas or fuel. So there's like six or seven people that have automobiles here. You're not driving, you're riding your bike. Okay, moped, four-wheeler. Combustion engine. Does anybody have a combustion? You're going to have to put some fuel in the thing. You got to get filled. Conversion's a real experience. Salvation's a real experience. It's not a figment of your imagination. Salvation's a real experience. I remember when I got saved this morning. How many of you got saved today? <laughs> no, but I mean, the, the first time you really gave your heart to Christ. It's like everywhere I. I was overwhelmed by the amount of crosses. They are everywhere. No, I mean, I didn't know they were everywhere. I mean, they're, on all, they're like on every panel door. Look at all the crosses in the back and all our, all our closets and media room. And they're all crosses all across doors. There's telephone poles or crosses. I, I drive down the street. It's like, there's a cross. All the telephone poles are crosses. Everything's a cross everywhere. I never saw the cross before, but now I see it everywhere. The cross, he died for me. He died for me. Ah, ah, he died for me. And everywhere it's like a cross. There's another one. Thank you, God. Over and over and over and over again. And I'd see lights shining on doors and see crosses made by the door knocker. And I mean, I over and over and over again would see the cross, the cross, and churches and steeples and and I, just amazing. And I began to think back when I first got saved. I thought back about how God had his hand on me. And how people came to witness to me. And that, that crazy person in Manhattan that handed me a track and told me that Jesus loved me. And, and way back when I was in middle school playing at a park and a bunch of long hairs. A bunch of hippie Jesus people came along. 1977. 1977, hanging with my friends at a park. There's only about three or four of us. It's like recess. I don't know where the teachers were. I don't know what's going on with it. Not too much security. They come up and they just were like, they had this radiance about them. And they had all these tie-dyes and these long hair, long hair. And they just kind of floated over to us. And they said, hey, man, how's it going? And we're like, okay, don't talk to strangers, you know. Say, hey, man. I want to tell you that Jesus really loves you, man. He really loves you, man. And he's got a plan for you. Jesus loves you. Died on a cross. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Mom. Mom. You know, run away. But when I got saved, I thought back about that. 
I thought back about all the people. Have you been converted? Have you been saved? Do you see the hand of God on your life? How God brought you, how, how brought you through and did save you, softened your heart? How you went through beatings and you just couldn't take it anymore? I mean, the circumstances of life pressing you around. You're thinking to yourself, there's got to be something more. There's got to be something more than this. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, save me. I remember standing in my kitchen going through a world of hurt and pain as a young man. And I heard about being saved. In fact, I heard that you got to be a born again. That's how I heard that. Oh, he's a born again Christian. What's a born again Christian? Born again. They didn't put it together. Like It was two words. It's not just one word. Born again. He's a born again. That's how I heard it. That's like, a, it's Catholic, Presbyterian, Baptist, born again. I'm like, what is a born again? Born again, dude. You must be born again. John 3. Ye must be born again. I remember hearing that. And then the other thing I heard is you got to get saved. You just got to get saved. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You're, you're like, what, are, what does that mean? Listen, I, you shouldn't just say that to people because that's like weird. You got to get saved. It's, it's odd. I mean, give them scripture. You're separated from God because of your sin. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes on him would not perish but have everlasting life. God's got a plan for you, but you must repent. You must believe on the Lord Jesus. You must believe that he took your place. He died for you. He rose again. You know you deserve death. You must be born again. What do you mean born again? He'll make you new. You'll be birthed in the spirit. It's called being saved. Oh, Yes, I need to be saved. But I never heard it like that. I just heard, you need to be saved. You need to be saved. And all I could think about was the, 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 the little lifesaver ring. That the, the, the lifeguard would throw somebody, and then you'd grab it so you didn't drown. So I was experiencing a circumstantial drowning as a young man. And as I'm, as I'm in this turmoil... I'm there with some family in a kitchen, and I just said, man, saved. And they said, what? Are you talking about Christian stuff, all that born-again stuff? What are you talking about? Oh, that's a bunch of rubbish. And I'm, I'm, I'm realizing I'm drowning. I'm sinking. And I remember looking up to heaven going, I think I need to get saved. Can you save me? family member said, you're a moron. And I thought, man, probably. But it was a real prayer. I didn't get saved. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't put it together. Somebody asked me not that long ago, why, why, are, you so, why are you so fired up for Jesus? I mean, in my early years, I had well-meaning People in the church would pat me, sit next to me, and, you know, I'd just be like rocking, running back and forth. I would run a lot. I would run. I don't run here because I don't want to kill anybody. The bigger church, I'm going to run. I'm just going to tell you. So. Some of you need to run. I don't mean as a, like a religious doctrine. I'll tell you why I would run. I came to understand I got saved. I got born again. I got filled with the Spirit. And when I got filled with the Spirit, baptized in water, filled with the Spirit, everything began to change. It was little by little that my, my character began to really turn towards the Lord. 
But I knew that God had touched me. I had this defining moment like, like Saul. I had a road to Damascus encounter. I've talked about it before. I was one foot in the church, one foot in the world. My mama said, you need to come to church with me up in Kula. I said, okay. Dr. Morocco preached out of the book of Nehemiah, rebuilding the walls of our life. It cut, really caught my attention. I'm, in fact, I, I, have the, I have the notes. Of the, I actually have the actual message and stuff. And he gave an altar call. He says, if you're not serving God, or you're not right with God, give your heart. And maybe you've, maybe you've you know, turned from him and you need to come back to Jesus. I'm thinking, yeah, I got a whole bunch of compromise. Raised my hand. He was acknowledging people across on my hand. And he said, you know, there's people here and you want to experience the power of God. You need to experience the power of God. And I thought to myself, what does that mean? And I began to have a conversation with the Lord and I said, I don't think I have that. I don't think I have the power of God in my life. And I started reflecting about the power of the devil. I knew about that. I, I knew about that. I had seen things, been through things. I knew about that. I did not know about the power of God. So I, I, I started getting angry. Did anybody ever get angry? You feel like, power of God, I think I got ripped off. Like, is that another version? Because the version I have right here, this doesn't have the punch. This doesn't have the firepower. What I got right now is not going to help me overcome the things that are on my heels and I'm beginning to compromise. I knew the power of the enemy to take away pain temporarily, very temporarily, and actually makes it worse after. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. And so I sat there and I got more and more angry, increasingly angry, and I just said, power God. People coming down the altar, people are coming. And I said, power God. Okay, power God, power God. I got up out of my seat. I walked across the back of the church. I started, started coming down. It was a theater, so it was on an angle. Started coming down the center aisle. While I'm coming down the center angle, I get more and more angry. I'm midway, and I said, if you have power, then hit me as hard as you can, because I am so sick of this. Just hit me then. Come on! If you got, I don't suggest you do that. Went to the front, got in the line with everybody else, and we're like, give me your best shot. Come on, God, power. And I was mocking and angry. Pastor Kamau is one of our pastors still to this day. Been on staff for 30-something years. Is moving down the line, praying for people. By the time he got to the guy next to me, he never actually got to me. Because as he took a step to move in front of me, Honestly, all I heard was kind of like a and I got so hit by the Holy Ghost. I was on my back, two rows back, three rows back as I recall, and all I could remember is like, oh my God, he's 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 God. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you're God. You're God, I'm not God, you've got power. I didn't even get baptized in the Holy Ghost right then, but I experienced something. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is my new church. That's how it was for me. 
I can tell you over and over, different times of getting filled and getting touched and getting set free. Broken body, broken body parts, broken hearts. You need the power of God. You need an encounter with God. We all do. We all do. On Friday night when our brother was here, we worshiped for about half an hour, and I was standing somewhere in this vicinity, and I didn't see him, so, you know, in pastor, preacher, evangelist world, you know, yeah, they're going to turn the service over, but he's not here, so we'll just worship longer. I mean, that's how that goes. So we're just worshiping. I feel God's presence, God's power, and it begins to increase, increase, and then what happened was I felt an angel. Now, what do you mean by that? It's happened so many times that um, I, I'll try to describe it to you. It's happened so many times that I, I know that's what that is. I know when that happens. It's like a swirling in my spirit, like a wheel within a wheel. It's different. It's different than anything else. It's different than just a regular touch. There's different kinds of anointing and empowerment from, there's the working of miracles, there's healing, there's an anointing for salvation. There's all kinds of anointings. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit on Wednesdays. When angels show up, messengers, there's healing angels, gathering angels, there's all kinds of angels, warring angels. As I, as I was on that platform, not sure where our guest is, waiting on the Lord, I feel this swirl, and it's an angel. I thought, oh boy, what are you going to do now, God? And then our guest spoke to me. He said, hey, I turned around. I th and I honestly thought it, it was an angel. Because you, you know what it was? It was his angel with him. I looked over my shoulder. He said, just wanted to let you know I'm here. And I said, oh, okay. And, uh, I told him the story of what I'm just telling you right now. There's another realm. There's a realm where the yoke will break. There's a place of joy divine. There's a place in God. There's a river. Makes glad the city of our King. There's a fountain flows. I challenge you tonight with this very simple word to say this. Don't settle. Don't settle for regular, ho-hum, lukewarm Christianity. Stir yourself to hunger. Position yourself. Push yourself away from the things of time and tradition. Set your heart on a pilgrimage. Set your gaze on Him. Hunger for Him. Thirst for Him. Yearn for Him. He alone is the one that can truly satisfy. He alone is the one that you're looking for. He alone is the one that can heal, can deliver, can set you free. Some of you are so struggling in your walk and you can't quite figure it out. I'll just tell you, you need more of the Holy Spirit. You need more of God. When you get more of God, the things of the world go strangely dim. Minister Micah, are you here? 
Is that a yes? Okay, go get them. I didn't preach long to you, but I'm going to have them switch with your brother Toby because I want him to play an oldie for me, which he's going to have to figure out. Come on, lift your hands all across this place. God has a plan for you. It cannot be accomplished in the arm of the flesh. God has a plan for you. God has a plan. Why don't you return to your first love? You remember when you were so on fire that you couldn't wait to get back to read the book of Leviticus. Do you know what I'm talking about? You remember when you're like, my Bible, oh, my Bible. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You would kiss its pages. Bible, does anybody know what I'm talking about? That kind of passion. I just can't find myself doing that with my phone. I'm just saying. If you are doing that with your phone, you might need to be set free. Would you jump on the keys? Try to find it. Do you remember that? Where are you in your walk? Where's your passion? Where's the passion for God's Word? Where, do, you, do you still have it? Have you lost it? Have you slipped? Have other things begun to rob from you? I don't like trials. I really don't. And now as I'm in my early 50s, I think I like them even less. However, I sure like what they do for me. I sure like when I get pressed into a corner. I don't know if it's the fighting Irish in me or just some kind of spiritual DNA where something happens. Something happens. Listen, the circumstances that some of you are in are designed by God, even like that which was with Hannah, that caused a release of, is that money? What is that? Come on, Jesus. Thanks. You gotta like it when checks are flying out of your Bible. Come on, Lord. Ah, glory to God. What else is in there? A whole lot. You ever heard that story about this kid that goes off to, to school? Goes off to school and her mama hands her, hands her son a Bible and says, make sure you read the Bible every day, son. He says, I sure will, mom. He goes off to college. After a couple months, he's really in need of money. And so he calls home and he says, hey, I need some money. His mom says, you've been reading your Bible? Uh... Maybe not as much as I should be. She says, well, why don't you read your Bible? Talk to God about it. She's like, he thinks too, man, that's cheap. Okay. And he goes a few more starving weeks and realizes, I better read my Bible. God, I need some money. I need some help. Starts reading the Word and comes to four $100 bills that Mama stuck in there for. 
I'm telling you, God's got a whole lot more than four $100 bills in your Bible if you'll just begin to get hungry. You'll begin to get thirsty. about pressing past my flesh and pressing past the distractions of which there was a lot of and learning to press in. I learned how to touch the hem of his garment. And in my life as I've matured and I'm still maturing, thank you, Jesus, still growing up. Anybody else still growing up? You've been doing it a little while, but man, you, we're still becoming like him. It's never over. I think back in my, my years, and I've wasted so much time doing things in a natural way. There really is a place that you can go where everything changes. I'm so struggled with, you know, wanting to be smarter more educated or, or no more and, and education's good and, and praise God if you're smart but those things don't release the glory and the power of God it is the glory of God that changes things the power of God that changes things and I just want to tell you that I am absolutely committed to staying a supernatural spirit filled church and I challenge you to take stock in your life, to examine your life, to make a, a, a fearless and moral inventory of where you are in your life. And if you've been living beneath the realm that I'm just touching or mentioning, I encourage you to let go of that. And don't be like a dog back to its vomit. There's a place with the burden and the yoke are broken. There's a place. There's a place in God where everything changes. Like the woman with the issue of blood. We press in. Come on, we're going to sing it again. You unite your heart with this. Make it your prayer. And you press in. Some of you are going to have a miracle tonight. You wait for somebody to lay hands on you. Maybe we'll do that. I don't know. But you determine that tonight I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. It's a choice that you make. We wait for an evangelist. We wait for the book. We wait for the conference. You don't need to. Jesus Christ was crucified, rose again from the grave, and he has made a way for you, a way through his broken, 
shed blood, his broken body. He made a way for you to boldly come before the throne. Won't you do it right now as we sing to him? Yeah. Oh, come on. Press in tonight. We press in. Blind man waited patiently. We press it into the crowd, and suddenly, and suddenly, a touch from heaven. Jesus came. Jesus came and rescued me, and suddenly. Suddenly, a touch from heaven. Jesus came. Holy Spirit. And set me free. And suddenly, a touch from heaven. Holy Ghost, touch. Jesus came. Jesus came. Holy Spirit. And rescued. Lord, right now, release your fire, your power. Jesus came, that's it. Fire, Jesus, fire, fire, power, Holy Ghost, do it. Do it tonight. Release your fire. Release your power. Jesus came. Jesus came and rescued. Lift your hands and as you do the power of God Fire, healing in your body. The Lord's touching your body today. There's been an assignment against you. It's broken by the power of the name of Jesus. I sever that thing tonight in Jesus' name. Heal. Jesus came and rescued. And suddenly. Do it right now. You want a touch from God? Come. You want a touch from God? Come. Come right now. Quickly come. Holy Spirit. Jesus came and rescued me. Oh, and suddenly. Release your power. Touch the hungry and the thirsty tonight. The defining moment, oh God. Let him touch you. You don't need a man. The man is here, Jesus. Let him touch you tonight. He's the answer to every problem that you have.
made a way for you to receive everything you need. It's true. There's no obstacle, no challenge you can't overcome. There's no assignment of darkness that won't be defeated. God is on your side. He's for you. Hemmed you in before and behind. The glory of the Lord is your rear guard. Cross over. It's a choice that you make to enter into His presence. It's a choice you make. Every interference of darkness that would keep us from moving forward be broken. In the name of Jesus. Hannah, would you come on the keys and sing that glory song one more time? Service is almost over. Just a moment, Lord. 
change everything. Jesus. Jesus, you change everything. Change, change things tonight. Disease, go. Infirmity, go. Depression, go. Jesus, you change Right now, in Jesus' name. Yep. In the name of Jesus. Right now. Jesus, you change everything. Change Holy Spirit, increase the activity upon our hearts right now. Bondages go. Cancer go. Disease go. Be healed tonight. Be free tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. Be free. Just talk to him. Moment longer, service will be concluded. Come on, just talk to God right now. I'm gonna make some declarations. By the Holy Ghost, Exodus 12 and verse 12. On the same night, I'll pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn both the people and animals. I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. Father, by the blood of Jesus, we decree vengeance upon all the gods of this land that are resisting the gospel. By the power of the name of Jesus, we decree tonight that the power of darkness diminishes and that this church will double, will grow. God, supernatural multiplication, a supernatural doubling. Every God, small g, every God, every idol that's hindering this church in Jesus' name be removed. We decree by the blood of Jesus, supernatural growth, supernatural multiplication, supernatural increase in the name of Jesus. Come on, say it again. In the name of Jesus, we decree vengeance on the enemies of God, the spiritual forces of darkness and, and wickedness. In Jesus' name, you defeated him. You have defeated them, and we enforce, we enforce your victory tonight over our lives, over this region, over this state, over the United States of America. We see supernatural multiplication coming to the church. People being saved. People being filled. People being set free. Bondages being broken. Supernatural increase to the body of Christ. Lord, not just here. Every single church in the region. Every church in Alaska. God, let Alaska be the first Christian state, we pray. Pour out your spirit Pour out your spirit, spirit, bring it about for the glory of God.
Come on, somebody say amen. Pray in the spirit if you can. Come on, just a few more moments. Come on. Don't underestimate the power of a moment like this in the spirit. Families are being saved right now. By your word, decree, it's God's will your whole family saved. Your God's will that your whole family be restored. It's God's will that every single one of your bloodline on your father's side, on your mother's side, bows a knee and serves the Lord and gets filled with the Spirit and fulfills destiny. Come on. Come on. Change it. Change Come on. Holy Spirit. Come on, lift your voice. Chains broken. Jesus. You are in a supernatural battle, requires supernatural power to overcome. You cannot fulfill what God called you to do in the arm of the flesh. You need the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. You need resurrection power on the inside, working on the outside. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't do it with your carnal mind. You can't do it with your intellect or that fine education that you have or the money that you have. You can't fulfill God-given purposes with, with earthly talents and mammon you can't do it oh but by god you can run through a troop you can jump over a wall by god you can do all things through christ who strengthens you you can you can overcome you can walk in victory you can walk in freedom you can walk in the power of god depression broken you can be filled with joy you can have more than enough overflow and blessing Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together, shout and clap to God. Clap to God. Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. Shout to God. Hey, thank you, Lord. Glory. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. 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 Prophetic word, and then I think we'll close for this beautiful family. As the Lord, as a, as a musician, would tap a tuning fork, and that tuning fork would radiate the right note. So the Lord has placed you together and is beginning to bring forth a sound from you and beginning to bring forth, he's, he's tapping you. There's taps of the Spirit that are coming. And that, that the radiance of his presence and his power, he's tapped you tonight, that radiance of his presence and power is breaking down walls. The enemy has tried to hem you in. He's tried to bring some frustration. It's almost like 
you know, you know you're called, you know God's power, you God's 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 fire upon your life. But the enemy's tried to place fear and tried to put some roadblocks and the Lord says those things are broken and I'm bringing you to a place of rich fulfillment as it says in Psalm 66 and the things of the last season are not going to be the things that hinder you in this season I've brought a breaker anointing upon your life and I'm I'm using you I'm using you to to bring a sound forth in the earth and I don't know all that that means I mean whether you're musicians or worshipers I mean I don't I know you're worshipers I can feel and sense that I don't know if you're worship leaders or what you do but I just see that God is bringing forth the sound maybe it's it's prayer but God's doing this thing and that sound is breaking every obstacle lift up your heads oh ye gates be lifted up for I am drawing unto you and I'm bringing you glorious breakthrough that will be attributed to no man but will be attributed to me and even some of the things that were stolen I'm restoring says God there was some money that was taken and things that were taken from you some time was stolen from you but I am for you says the Lord and I am the one who redeems I'm the one who restores fire wow ah come on Chains. come on sing it again changes Holy Spirit wow come on declare it over your life a moment longer Sing it to him. I can't hear you. Come on. Boldly declare this. Everything's changing. Because of the name of Jesus, the glory of God, the power of the Spirit. Sing it. Fall. Fear. Bow. Right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're here tonight under the sound of my voice. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or you want to make a recommitment because you've drifted in your commitment to the Lord. You want to recommit your life to Him tonight. If that's you all across this place, slip your hand up. Oh, you can come right to the front if you want to. That's good. Come on. Hey, if that's you, just come to the front. How's that, for, how's that for an invitation? You need to get right? Come, we're going to pray. All right, sweetheart, you stay right there. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Glory. The enemy tried to kill you emotionally. Tried to get you so overwhelmed with despair that you might even take your own life. You pass through that narrow place. It's a gift of leadership on you. You've been a leader on the field. You've been a leader off the field. You've been a leader in business. You're a leader. 
God's called you to be that way. The gifts and the callings are without repentance. That means you can't do one thing about it. He called you. His hand's on it. You just give him that broken heart of yours. Watch him make it brand new. He pulls out the heart of stone and he gives you a heart of flesh. He transforms you. Lord's doing it. Anybody else, you need to get right with God. Just come quickly. Come to the front right now. We're going to pray all together. Those online, those here, pray right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. And forgive me for all of my sin. And come into my life. Come into my heart and be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, the message that I preached, I pray you would write it on the tablets of each and every one of our hearts. That we would be a people that have continual encounters because the blood and the passport, the boldness that you give us because we've been washed, we've been cleansed so we can come before you boldly asking for forgiveness, repenting and receiving fresh fire, fresh power, fresh baptism. I pray for those who have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit that you would fill them now. They would contend in their own prayer closets at home that you might fill them now here, yes, but at home and in their car. That you would come and overwhelm people who might be on their road to Damascus. Oh God, thank you. Do it now. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, just lift your hands to the heavens. Prophets of Baal. Things are not as they seem. And I just hear the Lord saying that over and over and over. Things are not as they seem. You know it's a spiritual battle, but then there's all the rationale and all the logic and all of that, and, and that's all good and stuff. But I hear the Lord saying things are not as they seem, and I'm bringing this thing to a moment. I'm bringing it to a moment of my power. I'm bringing it to a moment of breakthrough. Look for it. It's coming. The call will come. The things will change. There will be a great shifting and a stirring and a changing. The, the work that you've been doing in the spirit is effective. It's, it's having its way. Don't be weary and well-doing, man of God. Don't be weary with well-doing, woman of God, for in due time you're going to receive a harvest. Things are shifting. Things are changing. Things are not as they seem. Contend. I decree and proclaim the breakthrough. I proclaim and decree, Lord, the dream for this Haggerty family coming about. Lord, I thank you for all the orphans. I thank you, God, for the orphanage. I thank you, God, for preaching the word fire and power. I thank you, Lord, for the prophetic mandate. I thank you, Lord, for prophetic intercessor, this couple, this fine couple that you established, Lord, and that would be able to overcome time and time again. You brought them here to the great Northland. I call forth the plan of God for the Haggertys. I call forth the plan 
Lord, for them in this house, Lord. God, you would fulfill every single aspect of their calling and purpose. Lord, release your fire, release your power. I charge them, Lord, to fulfill what you've called them to do, that you would do it, that you'd set them up. Set them up, God. Release fresh dreams, fresh passion, fresh fire, fresh seal, fresh revelation. Release it to them, oh God. Release your healing power, God, over their physical bodies as well. In the name of Jesus, right now, I declare that the power of darkness is broken and the plan, the plan from the beginning of the foundation of the earth is coming about for you and your entire bloodline. Every single one of them. Every one fulfilling destiny and purpose. Every single one. Not one left out. And more coming. More being added. More being added. The family growing, increasing. God, thank you for your plan. We say yes. Come on, somebody say yes tonight. Did you get something from the Lord? Lift your hands. Let me bless you. We're done. Father, thank you for those online, those that will listen at a later date. Let the power of your spirit remain on us as we go, as we stay. We return home tonight. I pray release of dreams. Release of dreams. A release of dreams, Matthew. God's going to put some businesses in your hands. It's not just doing what you're doing. There's some other things. You're going to find yourself, I see you like a juggler, like a, a master juggler. All kinds of things in the air, but nothing out of control. It's like supernatural. I don't know if you ever see a guy like juggle like eight pins, that kind of craziness. It's going to be like that, and the Lord is going to satisfy you and fill you these gifts, these talents that you felt like they've been untapped at times. They're being released in this next season, and as you prepare for it, and as you as you move to that, it's going to, it's going to happen. It's going to be almost effortless. There's a, a, a great challenge of the enemy trying to press you in your flesh to get you to work hard or overwork whatever keep the boundaries in the same way that you made your own rules before you make your own rules now too don't forget it and be sure as you move into that thing look for the other pins that he wants you to do it'll always be ministry and marketplace that joseph anointing i see god releasing wealth and increase ideas and inventions i see you releasing other men and people in ministry and, and, and in business god's hands on you matthew god we thank you we say yes we say yes to that. Holy Spirit, do it, God. Do it, Lord. Put it in him. Lord, from the time he was a child, this fine mind, the way that you wired them up as a couple, as a family. Lord, fulfill it, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace. In Jesus' name, we'll hope to see you this weekend. God is great.